0: Welcome back once again, everybody, to another episode of the Three Point Threat Podcast. I am your host, Jared Woodcox. Really excited to be back on the show with you guys today. First and foremost, just wanted to give you all a quick reminder uh, that purpleandblues.com is no more. Uh, we've recently rebranded as JNotes.com. It's the same great staff, same great content, just with a new name and a new look, new logo, and hope you guys will continue to stay with us. Our Twitter handle is at thejnotes, so pretty simple there. And then I wanted to make sure you're all following uh, the new 3 Point Threat podcast Twitter handle as well. Uh, That's just at 3P Threat Podcast. So for today's show, I'm really excited about it. Uh, One of my J Notes colleagues is going to be joining me for the first time. His name is Jared Barker. He's been writing for us for quite a while. And him and I, we really wanted to look towards the 2017-18 season and just talk about some things regarding the Jazz. Uh, For point number one, we wanted to chat a little bit about the returning Utah Jazz player that we're most excited to see next year. Obviously on the show we've talked a lot about Utah's recent free agent signings, you know, and their and their uh, recent draft picks and things like that. But they have a lot of great players coming back too, so we want to talk about the one of those that we're most excited to see. Uh, for point two, really wanted to dive into kind of the best and worst case scenarios for the Utah Jazz. If everything goes well and they really reach their potential, we want to talk about what their ceiling is next year. Um, on the flip side of that, you know, if the wheels come off and they really struggle this year, I want to talk about what we can expect as far as the low point uh, for the Jazz. Then for point number three, wanted to take kind of a wider look at the league as a whole and really touch on a question that I'm sure is weighing heavily on the minds of lots of NBA fans right now, which is who can stop the Golden State Warriors, or maybe better put, can anybody stop the Golden State Warriors? Um, Obviously, they looked pretty dominant last year. Um, A lot of teams have tried to get better this offseason in an attempt to, to stop them and to compete with them, but we want to talk about if that's even going to be possible or not. So without further ado, let's jump right in. I'm excited to welcome Jared Barker over the phone, and let's get on to point number one.
1: Point one.
0: All right, so jumping into point number one here. First and foremost, I want to welcome uh, my colleague from the JNotes.com to the show, uh, Jared Barker. Glad to have you. How are you today? Uh, pretty good. How about yourself? Good, good. Excited to have you on the show. Yeah, good to be here, man. Yeah, we have two Jareds, so hopefully that doesn't confuse our listeners. So we'll have to have to keep track of each other, right? <laughs> yeah, you got it, JD. <laughs> All right, so the first thing I want to talk about, Jared is, you know, especially with Gordon Hayward leaving, you know, other members of the Jazz Corps are going to have to step up next year. And out of the players that are returning, I know we've talked a lot about the new guys on the Jazz team, but out of the guys who are returning from last year, who are you most excited to see next year? Well, I mean, anybody who knows
1: me knows that I've got a huge man crush on Rudy
0: Gobert. Okay. (laughs) You know, having said that, I have to say that
1: I am probably more excited... To see Derek Favors and try to see him round out a return to form of the Derek Favors that we saw in uh, you know 15 16 versus the Derek Favors we saw in 16 17 because I, I think those injuries really hampered him and if you look at it you look at the the fact that Hayward's gone you've got a couple more touches coming to the other guys you know that means more shot attempts for the other guys Derek Favors higher usage. I don't think it's beyond the realm of possibility to see him as a twenty and ten guy. I mean, I really don't. With what we saw, you know, from him in like uh, fourteen, fifteen, and and sixteen, seventeen, he was averaging sixteen points a game and like eight boards or something.
0: Yeah, and I so, agree. Yeah, for two years in a row, you know, he was right there at sixteen and eight. So with Hayward gone, like yeah, you said, he was, it wouldn't be unreasonable to see him go Yep. Yeah. If we saw a few more of those explosive, like thirty ish games from him. It's really not out of the realm of possibility. Yeah, I so, agree. I'm excited to see him and see his shooting come
1: back because you could tell when he was injured it was it was affecting his shot. So I don't know if he's gonna hit 20 points per game this year. I mean, I'd like to see somewhere around 17, 18, but I, I think he has real potential to be, you
0: know, that exciting. Favorocious, <laughs> yeah. To coin, from
1: that phrase from uh, Dan Clayton over at uh, Salt City Hoops. Yeah, he, he's got that potential. Yeah, you know, I,
0: I think he took a lot of flack last year for obviously the injuries, and I mean, he even said himself that he was playing on one leg for most of the year. Um, from there, he's been mentioning a lot of trade rumors and things like that. But to your point, Jared, I mean, he said that he was a 16 and eight guy for two straight years, and really, last year was the first year where he kind of took a step backwards and. I think he's going to come out this year with a chip on his shoulder. He's going to want to play extremely well. He's in a contract year, has a lot to prove, and especially with um, with Hayward gone, I think Favors is is going to look to be the man. And um, it's kind of funny because he was the guy I had pinned. Is the one I'm most excited to see next year too. So so that that's awesome. Uh, I will say that a close second for me is is Dante Exum. I am excited to see him. You know, with a full offseason under his belt, what he's going to be able to do. Um, Dennis Lindsay has made some comments that they're really excited about XM because of his work ethic and all the work he's putting in for next year. So I think he could be a ton of fun to watch next year too.
1: Yeah, that DMX combo off the bench, that one-two punch, it'd be really fun to see if they can really get some transition buckets run the floor, um, you know, and push the pace a little bit off the bench there. Yeah, Uh, I'd really like to – yeah, I'm excited to see what they can do.
0: Yeah, definitely. A few other guys returning from last year I just want to touch on briefly. You mentioned Gobert. And, and, you know, a lot of people are saying how he took a big leap last year, and I really think he can take another leap this year. So that will be fun to see. Um, I personally think Rodney Hood, in my mind, he has a long ways to go to convince me that he can be the man, but I hope he does convince us of that. And then one that I feel like not a lot of people are talking about is Joe Johnson. You know, I think that him being back is going to be awesome for the Jazz. He'll have to do more offensively. Um, we'll probably limit his minutes a little bit in the regular season again, but I'm excited to see what he does where we really need his offense all year long, you know.
1: Well, yeah, he's he's vital part of the team, and he showed that last year, especially, you know, that clutch move in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, Definitely. So the next question I wanted to ask you kind of tying into all this, so we both agreed that Favors is the guy we're kind of most excited to see next year that's a Jazz returner, uh, and this could this, this could be the same answer to this question, it could be Favors again, but I wanted to ask you, who do you think has to step up the most uh, for the Jazz to be successful next year? I'm not so sure I'd go Favors again. Um, in, this, in this
1: instance, I would probably say Rodney because he is kind of filling that uh, pick and roll void that that Hayward left, he's he's filling a lot of that ball handling role. I mean, obviously, you know we've got Rubio in the mix and whatnot too. Yeah, and I'm I'm really excited to see you know Dante learn from Rubio because he was he's he was was talking already during the off season that he could use some help kind of with the with with his passing to improve his passing because we've seen flashes but we really haven't seen the consistency from Dante. hmm So I mean, that's exciting too to see how Dante learns from. Rubio and how he develops that way Uh, but yeah I'd have to say Hood because he's taking on a bigger offensive load if he ups his points per game to 15 that would be helpful for sure helps fill that void that was left by the aforementioned uh, player that we don't recognize anymore he
0: -he must not be named anymore right yeah (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I can't believe I said his name earlier I should be kicked off the show (laughs) um yeah no he's the he's
1: of Voldemort of utah
0: there you go uh but yeah jared it's kind of funny i had the exact same thing you know favors is the guy i'm most excited about but hood is the one that i think we need to have step up um it kind of interesting i think it's neck and neck between those two and i don't know if you saw the recent piece um from our j notes colleague uh, john Kiefer, but he really talked about those two were the ones that needed to step up the most and i agreed um, I think Rodney more than anything he's got to be the scorer he's got to be the playmaker the shot creator we need him to be consistent I mean and like you said you hit the nail on the head he has to replace the scoring that that we're going to miss this year um, I think Rodney too is going to want to prove himself I mean he's going to hit restricted free agency at the end of this year and so he's going to have a lot to play for as well and the Jazz need him to play well there's no doubt about it yeah um, it's good to know that these guys are all hungry like they're not taking this lying down they they're seeing the disrespect that Oh, no! Hayward's gone. They're just going to be a pushover. They're seeing that, yeah, and
1: you know they're feeding off of it. And I feel like you know this group maybe is even more passionate than last year's group.
0: Yeah, I would agree. Because we
1: had Donovan Mitchell, who (laughs) every time in summer league he he felt slighted, you could tell and you could see it. And there was one writer that said something about. Like I think he like left him off one of the rankings. Yep. And he was like staring him down after every play.
0: <laughs> yep. He's he's <laughs> so taking a page out of Rudy Gobert's book. <laughs> yeah. This. I mean,
1: this is gonna to me. It's it's gonna be incredible. It's something to be excited about. I mean, yeah, we had a disappointment this year, but you know the
0: future is still bright. That's I guess that's our tagline. Is, you know, down forever as jazz fans. Seriously. But, Um, You know, I would add too that. I think jazz fans that have followed the team closely all last year and into the playoffs. We understand, you know, just how much talent is still on this team, but it feels like a lot of people that aren't that familiar with it. Forget that. And the thing I keep going back to Jared is that, I mean, you look at the first round playoff series against the Clippers and game one, we lose Rudy Gobert and we still win. Game four, Gordon Hayward leaves with food poisoning, and we still win. You know, we got a ton of guys that are really talented. You know, even w- losing two of our best players in two different games, we still found a way to win both times. So I think people are forgetting that, and I think that the Jazz are a team that people shouldn't sleep on next year.
1: Uh, absolutely. I mean, in these sneaky, good, underrated signings the team has had, you know, who knows if they'll all pay dividends. But, you know, uh, I saw I saw a tweet from somebody that said, Abo Cephalusha was the number five wing in terms of defensive rating, yep. in terms of you know defensive stops or defensive points added, something like that. Yep. Um, points saved, I think. And so, I mean, yeah, we've got a lot of a lot of cool things to watch and look for for basketball
0: junkies. Yep.
1: Probably not quite that league pass team. We're not going to be very exciting. <laughs> <We're> going <laughs> to grind out games.
0: Yeah. But I think it's a style that jazz fans will love, so that there's that too. So that actually, I feel like ties in really well to our, our next point. So let's jump in now to point number two, where we'll discuss the best and the worst case scenarios for the Jazz next season. Point two. Jared wanted to ask you, you know, if everything goes right for the Jazz next year, what's their ceiling? And I guess what does everything going right entail? What do the Jazz have to do to reach that ceiling? And what is that ceiling?
1: Oh. Uh, Hope springs eternal. we championship team. No, I'm just kidding. Obviously, <laughs> there you go. I don't really believe that. Um, <laughs> I think the probably the best case scenario we can expect is like a, a sixth seed, and basically a version of it's grit and grind 2.0. Yeah. That old Grizzlies team, you know, just that harasses the opponents defensively and just throws them out of sync and. We end up getting
0: some easy buckets because of it. Yeah, it's kind of um, beats them up. I, yeah, I think that's probably the best case scenario for the team. Okay, yeah, I had you know for kind of their absolute ceiling, I said the fifth seed. But I'm right with you. I, I think the sixth seed is is probably more realistic. Um, I think if we're going further, you know, talking about our ceiling, it, it may be the second round of the playoffs if we're lucky. Um, unfortunately, there though, I mean, it, it's more more than likely another matchup against the Warriors. And there's just I just don't see us having any chance against them this year. Obviously, um, I think the top four seeds in the West are, are pretty well set. I feel like it is going to be um, you know Golden State, either Houston or San Antonio in that two-three, and then I do think OKC is going to be four. Maybe they have chemistry issues. Maybe they have injury injury issues, what have you. Um, but from the fifth seed down, it gets really tricky to pick. And if the Jazz can land, you know, seventh, sixth, maybe fifth, I think that would be a huge, a very, very successful season for them, if you ask me.
1: Oh, yeah, I, I totally agree with you. I'm, I listened to your pod with uh, with Ryan, and you guys were talking about how, like, five through ten, you felt like it was impossible. Yeah.
0: I, he, had, <laughs> he had Portland
1: five, and you had Portland ten or something like that. Yeah, and him I and just, I
0: had I had Portland five and Clippers ten, and he had uh, Clippers five and, and Blazers ten, so it's kind of funny.
1: Yeah, it's just kind of like, it seems like the, the bottom of the playoff bracket just like a pick it's yep it's really tough
0: yeah and then i would say too that you know as far as getting down to the nitty-gritty of what the jazz has to do to reach that ceiling be it the sixth seed the fifth seed um we've kind of touched on it a little bit but obviously hood and favors need to step up in a big way Um, I think Donovan Mitchell has to have a great season. I mean, obviously Jazz fans are really hyping him, and there's going to be some bumps along the way in his rookie season. But I think, you know, if he can even be, you know, 80% to 90% of what Jazz fans expect, that's going to be a big part of it. Uh, Gobert's got to get better. we got to get better at three-point shooting, obviously. And then um, the one thing that I think we're really going to have to do to reach our ceiling is just have a better offense than people think. You kind of touched on it, Jared, that we've got we got to get steals. we got to beat people up that way to get some easy baskets in transition. And that's what's going to help us really reach that ceiling. Um, on the flip side of this, what do you think is the worst-case scenario for the Jazz next year, Jared? Um,
1: I think our worst-case scenario is one of our guys gets hurt. If Rudy goes down, we're probably looking at a 35-win season.
0: Yeah.
1: Uh, maybe, you know, could be a 30-win season. Uh, at the same time, you know, I had this scenario run through my mind not long ago. I thought, well, you know, if that happens, we still honor our pick.
0: You know, is this basically a setup? Like when the Admiral went down. <laughs> yeah. Become the next Spurs yeah. 2.0. Yeah. Tim Duncan. So, yeah. so yeah, we need, we need that to happen. Or something. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, if, if Rudy gets hurt or
1: favors is, is limited again this year, uh, this is going to be a really rough
0: season. Yeah, I agree. I mean, they got to be healthy. Um, assuming they do stay healthy, uh, you said Hope Springs Eternal, I'm going to go with that route. Uh, if they stay healthy, I think the worst case scenario from there, simply put, is that they miss the playoffs. Uh, we know that could be a possibility this year. We hope not. Um, but even in like a worst case scenario type thing, where you know someone gets hurt or, or they they have some struggles, I still think this is going to be a very competitive team. It's not going to be like the rebuild years where we were just getting beat up night in and night out. Um, as long as we stay somewhat healthy, I think I would be surprised to see us win less than like 35 games. I think we'll still be above that, even in a worst case scenario. And if we're healthy, that's kind of my thoughts there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Uh, I guess that's true. If is if we're competitive and we just missed out on the playoffs that probably is the worst case scenario because it's it's worse than the fact that the pick is worse but also um you know you just barely missed the playoffs you missed out on the playoff revenue the playoff experience yeah i mean it's yeah it kind of stings to be at that 14 spot basically in the lottery
0: <laughs> yeah yeah and not just the you know the bad pick and the missing the experience but it's just It's just such a killjoy on the season because even if you're the eighth seed, I mean, it's still something for fans to get excited about. You're still stoked to go in there and play those games, and just to barely miss. I just feel like it's so hard. You'd almost rather, like you say, finish like 12th or 13th and finish ninth. Finishing ninth can be so discouraging sometimes.
1: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, we saw what what a return to the
0: playoffs did this year to invigorate the fan base. Yep. Being not being able to sustain that is definitely going to hurt that fan support and hurt the overall excitement you yeah. know, obviously it's already
1: been damaged somewhat but if you can still make the playoffs that that helps you know solidify the progress the team has made and you know continue to make progress
0: yeah and, you know we, we kind of talked about in point one that the players seem really hungry this year you know i think they're they're very anxious too to prove that they can win without hayward and so I think we're going to see a team that has a chip on their shoulder, that's excited, and they're, they're going to do everything they can to not have to settle for missing the playoffs. So I feel confident and excited about that piece of it. Yeah, they're, they're going to fight. Yep. All right, so with that being said, now I want to look into point number three, where Jared and I will talk about if anybody in the league can stop the Warriors. Point three. All right, so for our third and final point, uh, Jared and I wanted to kind of look at the league as a whole, kind of take a wider look and really talk about if there's anybody in the league right now that we think can stop the Warriors. Obviously, a lot of teams have aimed to get better this offseason. They've tried to become bigger threats, if they can even be called that. But, you know, simply put, Jared, I want to ask you, is there anybody that can threaten the Warriors next year? What do you think?
1: Uh, Well, I definitely don't think it's the Spurs, because I think they took a huge step back, not re-signing Jonathan Simmons and giving that massive contract to Paul Gasol. Okay. I mean, for what he is. Um, I think that the Rockets probably have the best shot. I mean, we're, we're going to have to see what they look like um, offensively and how they mesh with Chris Paul and James Harden being such high-usage guys. I mean, does anybody else even see the ball
0: Yeah, seriously.
1: besides those two? Um, but I think the Rockets, they, they made some uh, some underrated signings like P.J. Tucker, I think will really help compliment them. Yeah, gives them a, a really good defender to help... Try to slow Steph Curry. I mean, obviously, that's a, it's a tall order. I mean, they, they still don't. I mean, obviously, I don't know if anybody in the league really guard Durant very well. Yeah. But I don't know that, that Clint Capella is a good matchup. So it's, it's going to be really hard. They're going to have to score like crazy.
0: Yeah, I agree. I think the Rockets, I don't know, I'm a little hesitant on them just because I don't know how Chris Paul and James Harden are going to coexist. Um, And with that, I mean, we'll see how they do together. But individually, you know, Chris Paul with the Clippers and James Harden with the Rockets, neither of them have really given the Warriors much of a tough time. So that's going to be interesting to see. Um, You touched on the Spurs. And the one thing with the Spurs is that I wish that we could have seen how they would have done in the Western Conference Finals if Kawhi Leonard had stayed healthy. I think we'd have a better measuring stick of where they're at. Now we'll just kind of never know. But I I hope they can still compete. I do like the Rudy Gay signing. But I agree that they overpaid yeah. on Gasol, and that could be an issue. Yeah, that's, that's an underrated signing. The day signing is underrated. Uh, but yeah, the
1: Gasol thing, I, I don't think they could keep him on the floor against the Warriors. So
0: yeah. yeah, I think that people look at Paul Gasol, his how he opted out of his contract, and then the Spurs wanted and still resigned him to a pretty hefty contract. I thought they would make more of a splash this offseason, and they didn't. So that was kind of interesting. Um, The other teams that I think you can't count out, obviously the Cavs, as long as LeBron James is on there, they're going to be able to at least challenge the Warriors. It'll be interesting to see what Cleveland looks like once all this Kyrie Irving aftermath is settled, if they get anybody in return or what happens there. But I think you can't count them out. They have a shot. Um, I don't think, and maybe part of this is because I'm salty, but <laughs> I don't think Boston is there yet. I don't think Hayward pushes the needle enough for them just because you look at how bad they were beat by the Cavs. They're going to have a hard time getting <laughs> past LeBron, let alone matching up with the Warriors. Yeah,
1: I, I'd have to agree with you there. With Boston, it's just they still seem like they're way behind LeBron. Even if LeBron loses Kyrie, if you, they replace him with some serviceable
0: other players, I mean, that might even make it more dangerous in some ways. Yeah. Uh, because they need a little
1: bit of depth and a little, little bit more youth around LeBron, but yeah, I, I don't see the Celtics getting past the Cavs unless by some you know crazy
0: act twist of fate, LeBron uh, gets hurt or something like that. I mean, yeah, especially with them having to give up their best wing defender in Avery Bradley, who was covering for Isaiah Thomas a lot last year. Yeah, I,
1: I think that hurts them.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, agree. Somebody I... mentioned that. That they think isaiah will probably improve on the defensive end
1: because he'll have less ball handling duties with hayward Uh to help him out you know he has some other offense but i am not totally convinced of that i'm not sure if isaiah is just not really terrible on defense
0: yeah no i agree with you and i think I really think that the Avery Bradley letting him go, I think that that's been kind of understated. I think that's going to hurt them more than people are saying. I think he was really solid for that team Um, defensively, but he he also had a nice scoring punch. I know they think Hayward's going to replace the scoring, which makes sense. But yeah, just defensively, I think it's really going to hurt him more than they know. I guess so. I also want to ask you – do you think that, obviously we know that Carmelo, Carmelo Anthony has been mentioned in trade rumors, Kyrie Irving as well. Do you think there's any moves that could be made this offseason still that might help a team be able to better compete against the Warriors, or is there really nothing that's going to push the needle that much? I have, I have, a, I have a hard time seeing it, unless uh, the Cavs are able to net another plus defender, which they badly need, yeah, and somebody who can space the floor in a trade for, for Kyrie Irving, yeah,
1: and with the Suns not being willing to trade uh, Josh Jackson, supposedly. I see that as a, as a problem for, you know, getting with the Suns. Um, maybe something happens with Denver. I've heard Gary Harris maybe with Denver and some other pieces to get Kyrie. But I have a hard time seeing that Denver trade really go through because uh, Joseph is the guy there. And yeah, I don't know if... Kyrie would stay there long-term, so Denver might be really hesitant to, you know, to trade for him.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. And, you know, I really think that if the Cavs get the right combination of players, I think you could argue that they can still be good or maybe even better in some ways. I think chemistry-wise they can certainly get better by trading Kyrie, so there's a lot they can still do to get better. Um, in regards to Melo, I really don't think no matter where he lands, I don't think he's going to be enough to really push a team above the Warriors. I mean, at this point, he's just kind yeah, of a guy I that. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, he just is a good guy that chucks up shots at this point. I mean, maybe with Houston, you have your big three of Paul, Harden, and, and Mello, but there's just not enough defense, not enough of him being a good enough teammate to make them scary. If you ask me. Yeah, I agree. I mean, uh, people say he could be Olympic
1: Mellow on another team, but uh, I just him being such as bad as he is defensively, even with what he gives you offensively, I don't, I don't know.
0: Yeah, it's hard to see anything there. So, I guess final question here. Uh, We've kind of talked about how bleak the outlook is for any team beating them. Do you foresee any situation where the Warriors don't repeat as champions next year? Is there any way they don't win the championship in 2018? Uh, Well, other than an injury, um, I
1: I would think it would probably be just another crazy, incredible performance by LeBron in the finals. and. Depending on what happens with Kyrie, um, if he's traded or not, it would it would have to be I think it would have to be the Cavs, the the West beating beating them. I don't know unless we we see the Spurs versus Warriors and we and we see Kawhi just go ballistic on them, yeah, and not see Saza Petrulia you know hurt hurt <laughs> Kawhi's ankle, yeah. Then <laughs> I mean I think Kawhi and LeBron are. Two guys who you can see somehow upsetting the warriors. And it's tough to say that because it makes you think, oh there's only really two guys you can think of that you really have confidence can maybe unseat the Warriors somehow.
0: Yeah, that's a great point. You know, I was even thinking like you just look at the Warriors and I mean they have two MVPs in their prime together, and you try to you try to think of, you know, different trades you can do or different free agent signings you could do to make a team that could compete with Two MVPs, and it, it's hard to do. I mean, maybe if you have LeBron and Kawhi and Anthony Davis fully healthy and Rudy Gobert, maybe if all those guys on a team, you could compete with them. But there's just nothing realistic where you can trade for the right combination of guys to really match up against them. And to me. I don't know, man. The Cavs have two MVPs now, too, right? Yeah, I mean, yeah, I guess so. <laughs> But I don't know. It's just, it's just. I don't see anything really working to be able to to stop them. You said injuries. Obviously, that could be the one X factor. Maybe Kawhi or, or LeBron going off. But I just don't see a foresee a situation where anybody but the Warriors wins. Yeah, which is going to
1: make the, the whole season kind of a, a downer. I don't. I don't yeah. know if I'll. I mean, I'll be reluctant to watch some, anything but the Jazz in the playoffs.
0: Yeah, just because of that. Well, I agree with you. I mean, it's just as an NBA fan, it just it just sucks because, I mean, we're almost three months or, you know, a little less than three months away from the start of the season. And we already have a pretty good idea of who's going to win the whole thing. I mean, it's just not fun that way. Like I said, I'll obviously still watch the Jazz religiously because for me, it's like every year is a new chapter of the story that is the Jazz. I love watching them. But just following the league as a whole, it makes it a lot less exciting when you can already predict what the finals are going to be before they even start. It's really kind of frustrating.
1: Absolutely, I am with you 110 percent on that. The uh, the league as a whole, it's it's less it's less captivating. It, there's less drama. Uh, there's less intrigue. I mean, when the story is basically already written, and you feel like you're re- you're reading something from a script, you know, they're just they're just acting out a play <laughs> that's already predetermined to, to end a certain way. It's yeah.
0: Yeah. Takes the fun out of it, exactly. You know, hopefully, I was reading a really good article today on KSL about how, you know, Dennis Lindsay's been really, really clever with his signings, where we're going to have a ton of money available, um, you know, in the summer of 18, summer of 19. And,. and as much as we hate to say this, I think the Jazz and a lot of other teams are kind of biding their time for when the Warriors fade. And then luckily, I think the Jazz are in a great spot where in, in next next offseason or in this off offseason of 2019, they can really strike and make some big moves. So I think Jazz fans should definitely tune in this year, be excited about what the team's going to do. But more than anything, just see how it's going to progress towards the future and what we're going to become. I think there's a lot of exciting things ahead.
1: Yeah, and I think, uh, I think based on, you know, uh, Obviously, to your point on, on the exciting possibility there, they just they re-signed uh, Justin Zanuck, who was the assistant GM, who we know went to Milwaukee, yep, and was basically the GM and waiting until that rug got pulled out from under him. <laughs> I mean, that's that guy is, uh, you know, he was a, he was a player for us before. He he really helped make things happen, and yeah, we could definitely see some. Uh, we might even see a splash move. I mean heaven forbid from the jazz a splash move seriously
0: for a star or something yeah (laughs) it's been a while yeah it'd be great though i mean i i really think they're they're trending that way they want to make some noise they want to make something happen so i think we have that to look forward to in the in the near future so good things ahead even if we kind of know how this year's going to turn out i guess i'd say so anyway i I think that's going to wrap it up uh jared thanks a ton for joining the show happy to have you on i hope we can do it again sometime
1: yeah absolutely Uh
0: Okay. awesome and to all the listeners out there make sure you give jared a follow on twitter um, his twitter handle is just at go distance 49 uh, make sure you're following me as well mine is just at jared woodcox and until next time everybody we'll look forward to, to hearing from you next show